You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. Okay, this interview is with Rafi Abastos, who is uh, considered the John Stort of Brazil. He's actually a huge, huge star in Brazil, and he's just making his name now in L.A. Um, he showed up in the middle of a kind of after-laugh after-party where we had four or five people. One of the mics didn't work. I didn't have the heart to tell anybody, but I just said, hey, Rafi, can you stick around? I know it's 2 in the morning, but can you stick around and have a one-on-one interview and he's a great dude, and he's stuck around. And I think we, I think we have almost an hour interview here, and it's just me and Rafi and Sam Emerson, who's just kind of looking at Rafi dreamily. And uh, that's it. I hope you enjoy it. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh, <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey, this is Bill Dawes, and uh, we are here in an undisclosed location by the Laugh Factory. And uh, I'm a little buzzed right now and a little upset. I think I lost about three hours of amazing conversation with amazing you did, comics. You did, but you did, you did. anyway, we have we have a comic here who who I don't know, but he is almost the stuff of legend right now. Uh, <laughs> and I know you don't want to hear that, but why don't you introduce yourself for the people That's listening? The and I don't want to I don't want to mangle your name. That's the worst introduction. Ever. <laughs> well, I didn't say you're a legend. I said you're the stuff of legend. Okay. Yeah. Almost the stuff He's of legend. He's a legend. I never watched him. <laughs> no, because, well, sometimes, you know, most comics I know, you're you're kind of, you're one of the guys who kind of, how long have you been working at the Laugh Factory, first of all? Man, uh, not that long. It's like, it's my first year. It's your first year. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's back up and my let's introduce. Now, I obviously have zero followers and zero listeners, but... uh. Now, you pronounce your name Rafi or Hafi? My name is actually Rafael, but I use Rafi because it's better for people to say here. Rafi, Rafi. Bastos. Now, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You do? R- I do. Who is your so, teacher? Well, I got my first belt w- was under Henzo Gracie. Henzo, Henzo. Great guy. Great guy. So it's the whole thing with like a Half and Henzo and okay. Hori yes. and Hoyler and da da da. Yes, yes. So a lot of people don't know. So you are in that the the RH thing, which Americans don't understand, obviously. Yes, yes. So that's why I had to use the Rafi because my name is Rafael. My actual I use Rafinha Bastos, which is R A F A F I N H, and yes. you don't have N H. N H is a sound. Wh- how's, it, how's it sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't use yeah. No, we don't. So <laughs> I'm using Rafi. Rafi's good. It's That's easy bit. for yeah. dumb Americans to get. It's now let, let's let's get back to your your origin story. Every every superhero needs an origin story. Yes. So you are from Brazil. Where in Brazil are you from? I'm from Brazil. I am actually from Porto Alegre, which is a city in the south. But I live in São Paulo. You live in São Paulo. I live in São Paulo. So th- that sounds which like which is the, the biggest. It's city huge, Latin obviously. America. But you started in a small town. Yes. How did you? So for you to kind of uh, reach the level of stardom, can I use the word stardom? Gotta go to São Paulo. So you move. So how did that yeah. transition happen? You were just a kid in a small town. I was a kid in a small town. I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to to do comedy. At what age did you realize that this is something you wanted to do? I knew that since I was like, I don't know, maybe twelve or thirteen years old. I wanted to do comedy, but my, I did journalism and I graduated journalism. My dream was to be a commentator for the NBA. That was my whole dream. Oh wow! So I did journalism. And it kind of uh, teaches me. 
how to write and how to be quick in writing. So it kind of uh, helps me in comedy in the future. Yeah. So it all went from there. So, but when you say you went from there, uh, th I'm assuming they didn't have a big stand-up comedy no, scene in, in Sao Paulo, in Brazil at all, really, no, right? No, at all. I was the, my group, I, we, we were like five people. We started the whole comedy, the stand-up scene in Brazil. Okay, so you're in Brazil and you're yeah. in college. You're not in college, you're in high school, basically. No, I was when I started to do stand up, I uh -huh. was already graduated in college. Oh, so and now let's back up. So you went to Nebraska in I went America. To, when I graduated in college in Brazil, yeah. I was twenty two years old. Okay. I went to Nebraska. They gave me a scholarship to play basketball. And I studied again. I did college again. Oh okay. I just gave them my high school transcripts. Oh, wow. it, it so you cheated. I did. I did. Because if I gave them my college scripts in Brazil, I wouldn't be able to play. Oh, that's amazing. So you basically got to do college twice, yes. which is everyone's dream. Because now you're like a grown-ass man. But the thing is, it was a little hard because, you know, uh, you guys here have this thing which you do like a minor. So it's like two years of bullshit. <laughs> yes. You studied geography and history and mathematics, and I was already graduated in journalism. Yeah. So it was hard for me because I had to play dumb for two years because people couldn't know that I was already graduated and I was like working and everything else. But uh, my dream was to be a basketball player, so I had to do it. So, but being a, being a, you said your first dream was being a, a comic. Yes. And basketball player did you i mean those things don't really run parallel no, they you must don't but the the coming here to america to play basketball gave me the opportunity to get to know stand-up because uh, we didn't have yeah youtube we didn't have uh stand-up on tv in brazil we didn't yeah. have even seinfeld at that time on brazilian tv yeah because the first time i saw stand-up i remember in brazil was the beginning at the end of seinfeld yeah. The guy was like talking on stage. Yes. That was the only reference that we all had. I remember the first show that we did. Our advertisement was like, did you ever watch Seinfeld? And did you ever see that he talks on stage? That was the whole advertisement because that was the only reference that the audience had. Yeah. So, but I went here, I watched, I, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld, Brian Regan, and Jim Gaffigan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man, that's that's amazing. I wanted to do that. What's interesting about that is a lot of people <laughs> get into stand-up because they see someone who is, and they go, oh, I can do that. Uh -huh. And you just named three of the best, like, comics of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you, did you think I can do that, or did you think I wasn't, just the idea of it's amazing? I wasn't paying attention at them. Yes. I was paying attention what what they were doing. The you effect they had on people. Yes. I yeah. thought it was amazing that, that guy was actually named Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> you know, because yeah. the type of comedy that we had in Brazil was like, my name is Javier, and you're not Javier. <laughs> I know that you're not. And I know that's a fucking stupid wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that guy was actually Jim Gaffigan. That was his name. It's his yeah. birth certificate. Yes. And I was like, man, so he is himself, and you can be yourself. It's all about writing. Yeah. Because the three names that I gave you, they're not like, they're not doing voices. Yeah. They're not doing like, they're, they're writing jokes. 
Yeah. So that's what I thought was amazing. So I wanted to do that because the journalism kind of uh, teach me how to how, how to write a little and how to look at things in a different way to see where the, the, the information is and the, the news is. So yeah. that was a kind of a, a little school for me. Great. So the p- so you were in uh, you w- were Nebraska Cornhusker and you were a no, starting. No, wasn't a Nebraska Cornhusker. No, that That's was wrong. Too big. Okay, you I were. I was in a oh. small school in Nebraska. Okay. I was in a Division two school. Now, when you were in college, uh, where you did you start stand up in America? No. Now, how good was your English then, too? It was bad. It was pretty bad. It was bad. very hard for me to get instructions from my coach. <laughs> it was. You know, because I was like, go this, go that. I was like, okay, l- just <laughs> let it be the, the last of line. Because <laughs> I wanted to see what you guys are doing. Because I'm not going to be able to understand. Yeah. So I had to look at them. It was, it was hard. And at that point, you hadn't done a, a quote-unquote stand-up no, show. No, 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 no. But it interested you. At that point, you yes. were interested. But yes. you didn't see yourself as some dude. You are like, I'm a basketball player. That's what I want to do. Uh, that's my dream. Yeah. I want to play basketball. So what was the point where you said, okay, basketball is probably not going to happen? I think I'm not that good <laughs> to get good money. <laughs> First, because we don't have good money basketball in Brazil. Yeah. As you all know, what's our uh, biggest sport? Soccer. Yeah, of course. So people play soccer. There's even money in volleyball in Brazil. Yeah. There's not that much money in basketball. So to to live with the basketball money, you need to be in the national team. Yes. Otherwise, you would be like getting a, just a little bit enough to live. And I wasn't good enough to be in the national team. Yes. So I decided that I have to fucking work. Okay, so you finished your basketball career in the small yeah. Nebraska school, and uh-huh. then you moved back to Sao Paulo. Yes, that's and right. then you start working. What what type of job are you doing? I was in, in uh, what happened was when I was in uh, in the U.S. I start to become a little connected with technology. I wanted to see how the Photoshop worked, mm-hmm. how the how to edit videos on the web because there was something that was beginning, like to sure. edit videos on the web. Because when I used to work in in my city, we used to edit like VCR to VCR and like, oh, this is in and out. So yeah, yeah. So it was a chance for me to know a little bit more about technology. So I created my own website, which is called Rafi's Page or something. So that became big because it was the only people, I was the only person doing videos on the web in Brazil. Yeah. People start to follow me because of that. So I... I kind of uh, built this following on the web. So after three years, I started to do stand-up. So I built that. I started to do this website in the U.S. I kept doing it in Brazil. And then I started to do stand-up after like two or three years. Okay, so your first stamp gig was... That's a long story. No, no, it's great. But your first stamp gig was in... It was in Sao Paulo? Sao Paulo. Okay, and that was obviously uh, in in, in Portuguese. He was in Portuguese. Okay, so how did that go? I just go? did in English uh, in March this year. It was this like is your first, first time, time you did English in March, and that was at the Laugh Factory? It was at the Laugh Factory. It was a Kevin Dillow's show. Yeah, it was my and it was first your time fir- in English. It was your first time doing, uh, I-, I mean, obviously not speaking English, but your first time on stage speaking 100% English. Yes. So it. tell me about that. How would that go? I was very anxious. I'm not saying sure. nervous. I was anxious. I have to tell you this. You probably don't know that. And of course, you don't know that. I watched you in 2011 and 12 
and you're already doing the the, the laugh factor at that time. You probably you, you remember that you 2012. You're already doing laugh factor, right? Yeah. I watched you and some other guys, and I was sitting there. It was you, Max Abidi. Uh huh. It was some. Oh, so you're watching I in the audience? Watching. Okay, yeah. not YouTube. The audience. No, Got I was it. watching yeah. the audience with my wife at the time, and I was already doing it for like six or seven years in Brazil. And I, and I always question myself, can I do it in English? And when I watch you guys, I was like... I, I, You're like, I can do this shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Your guys were great, but the thing was, for me, it was hard to watch you guys doing it because I was doing like a thousand seat theater, two thousand. I was doing wow. like five thousand people per day in Brazil. Crazy. And I went there like in a Saturday night, nine o'clock. He was thirty-five people. Oh shit! He wow. was like, he was like empty. Yeah. He was, he was. Uh, no, now the club is fucking packed. But, but there was, there was a, a there was lull. a time. Yeah. I, I'm there pretty a, sure there was a year a, lull. Yeah. You know, no, I, maybe I be a little unfair. It was like a Tuesday. It was not a, like on a Saturday, okay? But it was like thirty-five or forty people in the in, in show, and I was like. I don't see why. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, 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 uh, it doesn't interest me that much to come here and do it in English because it's just comedy for people. Why am I doing it in English? Yeah. And I thought that I kind of uh, decided not to do it because I was a little afraid. Yeah. Afraid to begin from zero. Yeah. So <laughs> why, why did you? Why would you want? Okay, so, uh, so people who don't know, and let's assume. People, some people don't know, new listeners, new fans, uh, that you you are you are. Let's get the scope of it. You are an enormous star in Brazil, yeah, right? Brazil. You're kind of like a Brazilian sort of hero. Like you're like a national figure. I obviously. have a lot of following. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So so hero. Mo- a lot of people. Jo- I'm just telling jokes. I get. Say. I get it. But a lot I'm of not, people. I'm not saving lives. I'm just I telling jokes. Okay? Yeah. But a lot of people would just say, and maybe people in, back in Brazil, friends, like, well, why? Why do you need to come to America? Why was it something just as a challenge to you, or is it is it a level of fame and stardom no. that you're like, I want, or is it just the no. idea of like, I wonder how this would work if I started from zero? Like, what what is what, what's driving you there to be is here? There's a lot of things that dr- that drove me here now. Uh, first, you got divorced. I got divorced. Yeah, that, that was not the case. It would be much easier for me to come with my wife because I miss my kid a lot, and yeah. that's that's the worst part of coming here uh, by myself. But the thing is, if you want to play basketball, yeah. if you want to succeed in basketball, if you want to be the best basketball player ever, you gotta play for the NBA. If you want to play soccer, you gotta go to Barcelona or sure. Italy. So I wanna I wanna know how I. How I fit with the best. So Hollywood is basically the NBA of entertainment. It is. It is. It for, is for comedy and acting. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Of course. So I I did New New York as well, but it's it's in English. The thing is, doing comedy in English in America. Yeah. And how was so that? How that first set with the Kevin Nealon in English? It go? was great. It was great. I think that was the best. Uh, it was. I, I I felt great. I know that I'm doing much better now. Yeah, but it was like I felt comfortable because when I got the microphone, I was like, "I have been doing this for 15 years." Yeah, I know that is in English, but I ha- I yeah. I know how to do this. I yeah. have been doing it for a long time. I was I felt 
uh, I felt like a relief when I got the microphone. I was like, I was, I think I was creating too much. The thing is, I have to. I still the I still think, and it is the same in Portuguese. My process is the same. I have to memorize everything I say. I oh, really? You I don't you don't just kind of go off the audience or change it? I do it a little bit, but I know my jokes. Yeah. And uh, but it's the same process in Portuguese for me. It looks fresh, but I memorized. Okay, I yeah. I memorized. My my duty is to make it look fresh, but I know that if I change a word, because sometimes for me is a little hard. I have to say the exact the, the exact phrase or the sentence because if I change a word or two, I can kill. I I can not only kill the joke, but even change the meaning of a word or something. I can use the wrong word. I can mess up everything. Yeah. So it's still, you know, my my language is Portuguese, my friend. So yeah. if I don't memorize and I try to be on point, it's very hard for me. Like you know what? It's very hard for me to interact with the audience. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I remember I was doing. I have this joke that I say. I used to play basketball with the brats, so I have this joke and I say, uh, uh, "Oh, the uh, brasca is actually a Greek word. It's the combination of two words: libra, that means greatest." And Aska, that means shithole ever. <laughs> I have those. I have all these jokes about Nebraska because I lived there, and there was one person that was from Nebraska on the audience, and he was like, "Oh, don't talk shit about Nebraska." And I was like, "Oh, so are you from Nebraska?" And he was like, "Yeah." So he kind of opened this world to me. Yeah. And I couldn't say a shit. You had no idea how I to had like. No just idea yeah. how to behave, because you know. Every joke that I think when I'm, inter- uh, I'm like improvising is in Portuguese. In my of head, course. they're all processed in Portuguese. Now, that's, that's will, th- will that change? Do you think that's going to change eventually? Today, you start I had an experience that I was like, I felt so good. I did two shows uh, earlier, and then I did this show for like 15 people. You did the same show. Yeah, yeah, the late show. So sorry. I had to make people close to me. Be- when you have like 14 or 15 people, you gotta make them feel like they are with you. You cannot be like just projecting. Of course. So that's what I did today. I just like talked to a guy, I talked to this girl, and uh, someone dropped like a, a glass and broke the glass in the middle of my joke, and I did a joke about that. So I felt I felt like uh, like uh, I felt really really good today. So it's one of the fir- do you feel like this is one of the first sets where you got to improvise and sort of like I have been improvising a little bit sometimes but this was a huge challenge because I'm a little afraid to do show for like for 14 to 15 people it's yeah it, it, no this is no one wants to do this Saturday yeah. I mean we want to do it because no, we're well comics I, no I still want to do it Sam but I uh but love it's to do it I, love I actually to do I it. actually like it because the people who are there at that point in the night are like we're here for comedy. Yeah. We don't care what your name is. We don't care what your credits are. We want comedy. Yeah. And sometimes it's a, they're a little bit desperate for comedy, but they're there. It's it was amazing, my friend. And to do, for me to do this with like four, forty people, it's humbling. Because yes. I'm used to do two thousand people. Crazy. Two thousand people. To to, and I have to make them like me. They don't know who I am. So when I. When I step on stage, they don't they know nothing about me. Yeah, so knowing that audience was like, oh, my God, I no, know no, no, Rafi. No, 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 no. That you know, always, almost never happened. When I do my show, and I did my show, like here, uh, Rafinha and Friends, we yes. packed the Left Factory. Huh? Yeah, we have one at uh, December 11th. Yes. We have one at December 11th, and, and uh, there's Brazilian community. I'm doing it in English, but they know me, so it's all good. 
Now, is the Brazilian community, is it is it really big in L.A.? Like, if you were to promote yeah. a show, so hundreds of people would show up. You could sell out in how quick, like, a no, couple no, no, days? No, 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 it's not that easy. It's not that easy yeah. to sell because uh, first, they all live, like, in Marina del Rey. They all live, like, yeah. far away from here. It's To do it, my show is on a Tuesday, so uh, it's a little tricky, but... Uh, but of course, the, I can't do like a good a good show. It's 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 always gonna be like a good show. I'm not saying that it's all gonna yeah. pack. But the thing is that I found out today it's a challenge because I found out that the Brazilian community in LA is a little different than Brazilian community in other places. How like so? Yeah. Here, they, they are a little more qualified. They all speak English. In Boston and Miami, what I found out is that they don't. They don't. So I have this challenge. I have some shows scheduled in Miami. I will have line like the Improv Miami, which is a new club there. Uh, yeah, yeah, great club. And uh, so uh, I don't know if I do it in English. You don't know yet. I don't know yet. How are you gonna? F- how are you? No, gonna I can't decide. Do, I, c- I can do it in English and, and in Portuguese. It's just so you can bounce decide. back and forth in the middle of a set too. I can't too. do it. I can't do it. But the thing is, I don't wanna. All the entertainment from Brazil that comes to America, it's in Portuguese. How many people no. are going to be able to understand a show in English? At the show, I was going to say, just how many people at the show are people that can, you know. People like are. They're going to relate more to your Portuguese. People are there to watch good, me yeah. speaking Portuguese mm-hmm. because they want to feel at home. Mm-hmm. And but I didn't come to America to do shows in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. I came here to do shows in English. But the thing is, I cannot force English into them if they don't f- speak English. Mm-hmm. Like in Boston, they just go. What I found out is that maybe 90% of those people just go there to work on construction for like a year, get the money, send the money to Brazil. And after a year, they go back to Brazil. It's enough for them to, like, to build their house in Brazil. So. They are not coming here to actually live the American dream. They're just getting here to get some money. Mm-hmm. Drive a Uber. That's what they do. And that's not what I'm doing. So it's a challenge. So that's why to get a spot on the on a Saturday here. I, I did like two shows on a comedy magic today. It was it was awesome for me to do it in English. Oh you did comedy magic? Yes, that's I did good. Yeah, I did I did two shows there today. So I'm doing all those clubs and it's you you know that how many comedians we have in in Los Angeles, like two thousand. To have your spot on so a so yeah, Sam Sam is the booker here, so Sam Sam will know how many comics bugger every week for a spot. Can you believe? Yeah. There's a lot of people. There's a lot. There's quite a lot. But let me ask you something. How? How? You cannot fit them all. Of course not. And we have, I mean, we do Hollywood and Long Beach out of here. Yes. I mean, and even with two clubs, it's hard to even get people. And there are people that, I mean, I kind of, I, I know they're talented and I still can't figure out what you do with them, you know, like, uh-huh. and, and that's not any knock towards them. It's just sort of like, it's really hard to get a spot at the Hollywood Laugh Factory. And yeah. it's really hard to get a spot at the Long Beach Laugh Factory. And we have clubs all around the country and it's hard to get anywhere i mean there are so many people that are trying to do it and there are a lot of people that are actually like i wouldn't knock their talent you know like i i'm like i understand what you're doing you know but 
I just don't know what to do, you know? Well, the thing is, let me ask you something, because this is important for me. I'm, I'm interviewing you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. But uh, what makes you choose a person? Like, I have a theory. Okay. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. There's three things. All right. One, he got to be good. That's the first thing. But there's a lot of good comedians. Mm -hmm. are not are good is subjective, so maybe I don't think that guy is funny, but he is to the audience. Uh, the second thing, it would be good if he's famous or have like a, a following. Yes. But at the same time, there is this third one, which is he's not that famous, but he draws some people. Because there's a lot of famous people that don't pack anywhere. They just follow him because, oh, I watched him in the Little Mermaid, I don't know, in a movie or something. <laughs> Little Mermaid, just an animation. But okay, there's, there's a lot of actors that want to do stand-up, and don't they, they don't necessarily bring audience to the club. Mm -hmm. So what's the most important thing for this person to get a spot? No, there's no. I don't know how you even put it. I mean, you can, you can stack up things in a way where, I don't know, maybe there's... Maybe there's one person that draws for this reason. There's one person that draws for this reason. There's one person that's really fucking funny but doesn't really draw anybody. Uh -huh. Like, you know, I don't know. There's uh, you stack it in a way where it it fits, you know, or at least that show is going to be good, and we know that it's going to be good for this reason, this reason, uh -huh. this reason. Uh -huh. But I mean, obviously, if you have someone that's like super funny and famous and famous for being funny yeah. then you don't have to stack up the rest of it of, of course, course but like y there's a way to do you know any lineup to uh -huh. make sure that you just get all you know did someone ever get mad at you of i mean of course <laughs> yeah I mean oh but I the like do they the are they like rude sometimes yeah people get mad but oh, fuck that's what you're gonna do that gotta be tough man <laughs> because you're res uh, you're not responsible of course but uh they can't feel that you're responsible for sharing their dreams. Well, I mean, of course, they can go somewhere That's else. Tough, That's tough, huh? Thi here's the thing, and, and I'm not saying this in a way where it's like, uh -huh. you can go somewhere else. I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, uh -huh. in a way where it's like, everybody's responsible for their own. Here, go ahead. Because I, I did a uh, Ha Ha Comedy Club today. Yeah. We probably shouldn't talk about other comedy clubs on Laugh Factory Podcast, uh -huh. but... I hadn't done it for a while, and we I said, do hey, it can you do this spot? I do it and I literally, I was in shorts and flip flops. Uh -huh. I don't know why I've been wearing flip flops recently. <laughs> Are you not on stage? Uh, so, so I went there and I was like, I'm going to be. And hey, can you do this night? And I was like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to show people how to murder. I mean, not like super <laughs> cocky, but just a little bit like, like, uh -huh. like. Back of my head, like uh. I don't do ha ha a lot. I kind of felt like n I don't want to sign, but like they're lucky to have me just a little bit, like because uh -huh. it's a twenty dollars spot. You know what I mean? I stopped going there a while ago, and I sat in the back. And there's this guy named Connor McSpadden who I didn't know. Just twenty five year old skinny kid. This is not a. This is a character. Th this no, name his name's Connor. Con no, by the way, he, he mentions that he goes. My name might as well be, uh, you know, Potato McDrinking Problem. You know. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> he went up there, he murdered, oh. murdered to the point where I start like pacing and get a Red Bull and like, holy shit, I got to follow this guy uh -huh. at the haha. -ha. So it, I guess my point is it goes to show you that like 
no matter where you are, yes. what club you're in, there's always people yes. who are as good, if not better, and younger, yes. and they're just maybe not at the club, your home club. Because I, it was really yes. humbling. Because I was like, this guy is a beast, yes. and he was going into the, he was like attacking cholos and saying edgy, edgy shit, and you know he weighed like a hundred pounds, dripping wet with tube socks on. And I'm like, wow, this guy is cocky. He reminded me of like a young Daniel Tosh. I felt like I was in the presence of, of kind of a genius, to be honest. <laughs> His name's Connor McSpadden. And I remember going like, fuck me. Then I started feeling like, what the fuck? Now, of course, I went up there and I murdered. But that's not the point. The point <laughs> is... But no, but the but the point is, I was like, I, he was his writing was probably better than mine. Uh-huh. You know, he was a younger guy. Yeah, uh, let me give you, let me. It's uh, yeah, you know the man, co- I, So I, I guess my I guess my point is like, wh- when you talk about uh, all the comics out there, it's really easy to kind of go, well, I'm in this rarefied air of really good comics, uh-huh. but they're everywhere. Yes, they're everywhere. Yes. Some of these guys that we don't hear about yes. are monsters. I'll go out of town. I went to San Diego, and there and there was a guy who was opening for me at a club where I was headlining, and I'd never heard of him. Actually, I think his name's uh, 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 Simpson, P- Dan Simpson, or uh, Bart. A black, huh? Bart. Bart. Simpson. <laughs> yeah, no. But he and he was like he had brilliant, and I was like, fuck. It's always a. Hum- I guess my point is, it's always humbling to realize how many amazing comics yes. are out there, and how oh. many comics are so much better than me. I did that today. The the the, the comedy magic club, and. Uh, before me, it was this British guy, and he, what he did was he got suggestions from the artist, like five suggestions, like random words, and he, both shows, he was before me, both shows, and he did like a four minutes of hip-hop. Uh, I'm not... I'm like not freestyle rap? Type freestyle thing? rap, but in a level that I've never seen before. The guy was fucking brilliant, and I was like, and he, oh, and ladies and gentlemen, which Rafi Bastos? I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was my. That's what I did. I was like, I, I don't even speak English. And they, <laughs> yeah, people start and they, yeah, they to love laugh. that. And they I kind that. of, uh, uh, I kind of uh, uh, brought them to my side. But that was like, you, you never know. It, the, the thing about comedy is that you can tell if you see the guy. It's not like in basketball. Like I see. Yeah. He, oh, this guy has like big hands and yeah. he's tall. Yeah. Or he and looks, he's black. Let's be honest. He's black okay. yeah. or he's chubby. I know, but comedy is like he's just a child fucking killing. Yeah. And the older guy is just fucking not killing. And what? What? Yeah. The, so that's why I think here comedy here is is humbling a lot. Yeah. Because you are always. Put in, the, in your place. Yeah, I agree. When you think that you're like fucking uh, surfing above the wave. Yeah, I agree. You just get it one day and you're like, fuck, man. I, I, if you're not laughing at that joke, you're not going to laugh above anything else. Yeah, and I feel like something like, I, I don't know, if are you an actor as well, Rafi? Yes, I am. Are you? Now, I, in Brazil, uh, I do it a lot. Because I feel like when people, you know, I, I, I was a New York theater actor, and I, that's how I got my degree, uh-huh. and, um, and there's a lot of really great, you know, theater actors. I came to LA and I was really intimidated by the amount of actors. Uh-huh. And someone told me, look, there's really 300 actors and the rest is smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And that's not necessarily true, but I will listen to that auditions and I'll coach people to an auditions. And I'm like, wow, 
there are some really shitty actors. Uh-huh. There's millions of shitty actors. And granted, there are millions of shitty comics, but I feel like with comics, it's more... It, it, you can quantify it a little bit more. You can look at someone's writing and uh-huh. go, that is just a solid reversal. That's a solid premise, yes. joke, set up, everything else. Yes. And acting, it's kind of like, I don't fucking like that guy. It's, yeah. it's a lot more subjective. I, th- I think, in uh-huh. a way, it's a little bit more subjective. Because anyone can just be like, I'm a fucking actor. But if you can't write a joke, you're not a comic. Uh, yeah. And I think, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think comics have much more, I, I think it's like, it's, it's a real. It's more, a st- but it's much. It's much more difficult. You have to write your own stuff. You have to be fresh. You have to be authentic. To be an actor, you just have to play someone else. I don't. I don't yeah. think it's the same thing. Now let, let's back up a bit. Wh- where, where were you, or how old were you when something went shifted? When you were just Rafi, the ex basketball player, doing some comedy, where all of a sudden this incredible momentum started. I did one TV, a huge TV show in Brazil. Yeah, it was called CQC. CQC. It was like everything worth it or something. It was uh, politics and economy, and I was ho- the host of the show, and I was. So one you of were the host. You were cast as I the host. Uh, we, we were three hosts. I was one of them, and I used to do like stories, like long stories every week. I had my fifteen-minute stories. It was, it was always like inve- investigative. Investi- investigative, yeah. Inve- investigative. And uh, with comedy, more like Michael Moore stuff, you know. Got it. That I oh, I'm talking to this guy. Who works with? Uh, there's no water in São Paulo, so I dress like a fucking uh, put a costume on to talk to the guy. It was that was a huge show in Brazil. Yeah. Oh, I don't know the the what is what is the name when you're you push your toilet and there's the system. What is this system? The system? Pl- sewage. Yeah, sewage. The pl- the plumbing system. Yeah, uh, like that city doesn't have this plumbing system, so the shit is thrown in the river. So I dress as a shit. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> but it was all about politics and stuff. It yeah. was a huge show. A huge and show. And that, that, that brought me a lot of following. So you got a big follow. And so from there, uh, what was the next step? W- was there w- You were doing stand-up at that time as I well. Was, I was, yeah, yeah. yeah so was, was there another jump after that where it just set you apart from the other hosts and I made you your own person? I did a talk show. I used to have my own talk show. Like nightly talk show, like just Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, okay. Yeah, for 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 a few years. Few years, yeah. yeah. But social media, wa- social media is huge in Brazil. Yeah, I think it's like the third biggest market market for Facebook. Oh, really? And yeah, and Instagram is like second one. It's like we we really use social media. Yeah. And I, s- what happened was the re- the real turning point for me. <laughs> you're cold. The the biggest turning point for me was. Uh, there was this story on the New York Times saying that I was the big, the 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 most influential profile on Twitter. Wow! It was like two pages, two pages in the in the Sunday edition of the New York Times. So I started to come to Los Angeles. I started to be represented by the WME. Yeah. And I had this whole thing with manager and everything else. So that's when I really wanted to pursue this American dream. Okay, that's really cool. And it's been going great. So what is, uh, what do you see yourself in five years? Like, what is the kind of dream? Now, you said you have, uh, you know, and this may be hard for people. I'm an English, man. That's, that's the, that's your the special, in, your yeah. Netflix special in English. I just launched my Netflix special in Portuguese. Oh, wow. It's an original f- content for Netflix in Brazil. And I'm here to build my material for my comedy in English. That's my, that's my dream. How close are you to, to making that happen, you think? 
the thing is, uh, it's going to take a little time. Yeah. I want this to be really good. Yeah. And I have to practice more and I have to be on stage a little more. I have to write more stuff. Uh, if you give me like three months, I'll be, I would be ready. But uh, I think I have to hustle more, man. I have to be every day uh, on clubs. I have to be, I, I need to become this American comedian. Yeah. I feel that I am right now. I'm, I'm performing a lot of different clubs. Uh, I have my own show here at the Laugh Factory, which is like uh, something I'm very proud of. I'm building those little connections, but uh, but the thing is, I'm loving it, man. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm having a second tr a second opportunity. I, I'm like 40 years old and kind of beginning everything again. Yeah, doing the thing I love. Yeah, can you believe that? And how crazy it is! Like I was successful doing this, and then I was like, no, let's do it from zero right now. Yeah, but if I if I'm successful. Right now in English in America, I'll be international, man. Yeah, that's for sure, for sure. That's and thing. after you do that, so I'm sure. I mean, I have no doubt that you'll have your Netflix English special, you know, within a year's time I from now. Yeah. Of course, man, you're great. So after that, because a lot of comics, we talk about the idea of landing. Like you never really land. Uh huh. You know, like Chris D'Elia just did Carnegie Hall, which is the stereotype of you made it. You're okay. at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. But that's not landing to him. So where do you go? Okay, if I reach this point, if I do this, this will be, I can chill for a bit. Or do you see it that way? Do you see it like there's an ever ascending ladder that you never uh, stop? My uh, my immediate plan is to do the special. My dream was to just go different places in America so I, I could pack a theater. Yeah, it's enough. It it would be enough for me, so that I can s people. I can like schedule a meeting with Sonny and they know who I am. Yeah, yeah. So they can actually, they wanted to listen what I have to say. Yeah. So that I can like build projects and fucking do uh, movies. That would be, that would be the, the, the dream. But uh, it's crazy because I have been meeting a lot of people here and it's not a it's not uncommon for me to meet someone that has been doing stand up for like 20 years and he's great and he's doing the clubs and I was like okay but what you really did I was like no I'm doing the clubs yeah so it's very difficult to survive doing just like clubs you got to have something else yeah and that's and some people are really, really good and they never made it. And some of them are not that good and made it. So there's the lucky part of it. There's the talent. There's so much things that have to come together for you to reach your goals. Yeah. And uh, But I want to try. Yeah. So that's an idea of like making it. You say you have enough money that you don't need money. So making it for you just means a type of international Follow. recognition and yes. following. Yes. Where you feel like you have the power to make your own your own projects, basically. To be like the first uh, Brazilian uh, to actually made it in comedy internationally. Yeah, well and I feel you know the step that I'm in right now is already very far. I I have uh, like a 
you guys here do use WhatsApp, right? It's WhatsApp, like yeah, we have that. Yeah, you do have? Okay. We use, uh, and I have like this group with all of my comedian friends, and they, man, every time that I go on the Laugh Factory, they're like, I can't believe you're doing that. That's so good. That's They're <laughs> so proud of it. Because you don't know how 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 big it is. Because you're, you're already used to do it. You mean the you name Laugh Factory? Yeah. Yeah. You do it every weekend. But every time that I'm on that stage, I was like, man, I have been watching this videos and that logo and everything else for so long. So it's like it's uh, you always catch it's always catch me. I hope I don't lose this this feeling that I don't, I don't get used to this because it's so good, man. Yeah. To feel that you're like conquering something. Yeah. Maybe it's not much for my f comedian friends, but I know how important this is to me. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm not looking for success. I'm looking to reach the daily success. You know, the small choices that you do it every day. It's like just to go on stage. Like today, I did the comedy magic. So I I'm a regular right now. I send them like my avails, which is something that you guys have been doing this for like 20 years. But for me, it's like, man, I'm sharing the stage with the people that I admire. Yeah. When I watch you doing it, when I watch... Like Eddie, if uh, I can watch people that inspires me, and I can bring my comedy to another level, and that's yeah. that's really that's something that is humbling, and I'm ha very happy to do it. Hey man, I'm humbled having you here. And uh, do you have anything you want to plug before we uh, wrap this up? Anything? I, I mean, need plug a girlfriend. Is a shitty I word, need a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> have you met my friend Sam Emerson? Yes, uh, Sam. You would have tall babies. I have to be other. Uh, she. Uh, I have uh, to be in her Bachelorette uh, <laughs> TV show. I will be yeah, one of the 50 guys yeah. trying to... Let me guess. Up. Wait, you're rich, you're famous, you're 6'5", and you have dimples. It must be so hard for you, No, Rafi. I'm having some good time here. Yeah, yeah of course you <laughs> are. a good man. time. And you have an accent. It's crazy. But uh, just broke up with my girlfriend and... Uh, just try to live the, this life. That's now. a mating call for a male comic. I just broke up with my girlfriend. Oh, oh. yeah, I didn't <laughs> know that. So she was a police officer, so I have to be a little careful, otherwise she kills me. That's hilarious. She actually kills me. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, hey, you, you know, it's so great. I, I haven't got a chance to meet you until tonight. You're an awesome, awesome Thank guy. Thank you, my friend. You, you have too, great bro. energy. I'm so glad you got to stay here until... Three in the morning. I and can't believe I'm doing do your uh, uh, podcast, my friend. I saw you like six or seven years ago. Yeah, and we're here talking. And that's, now, and now we're in a yard by a 150 square foot apartment. And you're like, wow, he, Bill has really changed in six years. <laughs> um, no, but it's great, man. And I, I'm sure we're gonna, you know, see yeah, a lot yeah. of each other. So uh, thank you so much for coming on, Rafi, and we'll talk soon. I'm signing off from Thanks the Afterlife. Say bye, Sam. Bye. <laughs>